With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday, the first Monday of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And boy, am I glad to see them because there were some very exciting games and there was also a dog of a game, which we'll get to. And maybe I shouldn't use dog in a negative context with you, Russ. And Kaya as we speak. Hey, okay, a cat of a game. No, but... Uh, Sorry. Uh, but anyway, um, Russ, start us off with the pre-show. So on this date in 1986, the GTR album came out. Ooh. ooh. And so we're going to chat about that because I was yeah, super for, excited. For, the, for those who don't know, that's true. G, the GTR album is the marriage of the two great progressive rock guitarists, Steve Hackett from Genesis and Steve Howe from Yes!, and it was a pretty good album. What was it? When the Heart? When the Heart Rules the Mind, The Hunter. Right. They had a couple MT Three or four really solid songs. And I remember I was going to go see them live, and something happened. I've still never seen Hackett live as a result, but I will because I'll just go see him. But something happened, so I didn't get to go see him. And I think they did a second album, but they didn't tour for that one. Right. And then that was it. But there is a great live album that I have from King Biscuit Flower Hour for that. And it's really good. Like when you hear when the heart rules the mind, you really hear the best of how and hack it without walking over each other. Right. And that's hard to do when you have like two superstars in the field like that playing the same instrument. Very, very hard to do the singer. I forget who the singer was, but the singer was pretty good. Yeah. I, I was going to ask who it was. I wasn't sure. I'll, I'll look while you talk look it up. I forget the name of the band, but the singer was from a guy with a, a little bit of a high pitched voice, but it, it seemed to fit the music. But I remember when they were doing like press for this, it was actually nice to see that they were getting, they were giving each other equal platitudes. Like as an example, I don't know if anybody remembers when, um, when Sammy Hagar and, and David Lee Roth were trading places on stage and touring together. And I remember when that, so, and I think that was, that was just solo for both of them. And I remember, Mike, when that came out, I remember saying, I wonder how long this tour is going to last because I can't see these guys continuing to be nice to each other. And I think it lasted like 10 shows. And I think it was like Hagar got tired of not opening enough for Roth. Like they didn't balance it out enough. So I think that ended the tour, right? And these guys didn't act like that. And that's what I appreciated. Well, okay, Um now uh, the, the lead singer was Max Bacon, who I've never yes, seen before. Yes. Now, according to, and never said it be said that a Wikipedia is always one hundred percent correct, but I'll just read this. According to Hackett, by the end of the tour, the band was falling apart, and his dissatisfaction with both the music and financial management of GTR, as well as a failure to see eye to eye with Steve Howe, led to his beginning to question the project. Well, and that's fair. Listen, there is always a point where you're going to be at odds with Steve Howe, but it wasn't on the album and yeah. it wasn't for most of the tour, like he said. And so I remember seeing a lot of great things. And that's why, that's why this live album is probably so good because it was probably this bickering yeah. at the end of the tour when they looked and said, 
we haven't made enough money on this. Right. Let, let, never let it be said that uh, – or never uh, get caught between Steve Howe and money. Steve Howe will always get his money. That is the – the end game here is Steve will always get his money. And the problem is, is that in other bands, especially, yes, with Steve, other artists were just willing to succumb to that to be able to just tour – and not have to think about that. But that's a reason why guys like Bruford never hung around for long. Right. And because of all these inner workings that just annoy the crap out of them. But but this no. was a good marriage. This was it wasn't a super group, but it was just like a good collaboration. Now, speaking of guitarists sort of playing off each other, you know, I'm sure I'm I'm one of many people who get in sort of the uh, YouTube uh you know, you start watching something on YouTube and then you just yeah. continue to watch right. YouTube surfing or whatever you call yeah. it. You're like you get caught in a, a vortex of, of YouTube. And a couple nights ago, um, I saw a, um, Eric Clapton on the the last waltz from the band. And he does a song called Further On, Further On Up the Road. And him and Robbie Robertson trading back and forth. And it's fantastic. I mean, Rob, you know, the band was the backing band for Dylan when he went electric. And and they, you know, they had a ton of hits. And then, like, in the mid-'70s, they had a uh, farewell movie directed by Martin Scorsese and had a bunch of all-stars, including, like, everybody from Joni Mitchell Dylan to Neil Diamond to Clapton. Mm-hmm. And it was just great watching that and Clapton was that, you know, just coming off heroin and cocaine or coming off heroin and alcohol. And he was, it looked apparently clean. At that just point. another year for Eric Clapton. Right. I mean, he, believe me, he went up and down. And the reason I bring up Clapton here is because he um, is raising some ire on social media today because apparently in a letter to a British publication, he ripped uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine. He got the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, in February, and he had a, an adverse reaction to it, where he had neuro, uh, numbness in his hands and feet for about two weeks, and then it subsided. And he was basically out there saying that you know everybody's saying that this vaccine is there's no problem with it, and you know ripping on it. Um, and people, of course, you know, people were putting him into that category of, you know, the, not anti-vaxxer, but, you know. Anti he sounded a little bit like that, though. Right. And, and you know, he's he, he explained it away and I won't let, I won't put I won't read the, the letter or read the section wow. letter. But, you know, it's like but everybody's beating on Clapton. I was like, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. He had an adverse, he had an adverse reaction to it. If he if all of a sudden he had the vaccine, if he did it without taking the vaccine or he had the vaccine and he had no problems and then was ripping on it, I think he'd be more of a hypocrite. The but only thing is, because you had an adverse reaction, you meaning Eric Clapton, doesn't mean you should say the vaccine stinks because right. he may be the one in the 10,000 that it happens to because no no vaccine is perfect. But also, here's the other thing, Mike, and this is what we learned in the States here. If you had COVID at some point and then got the vaccine, you did come down with, with a problem for a while. I had a friend that that happened to, and she found out, you know what? She indeed did have COVID and didn't know it. And, and that is something where then the vaccine, your body is then getting the vaccine and also trying to fight this off while it's in there. And that's... And that is probably what happened to him. And I don't think he bothered to, you know, find out that that was the case. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, though, I mean, you know, we'll talk about the games. We'll talk about, um, you know, some of the. Stick to writing sad songs. Anyhow. 
the on the on the ice stuff. But I have to say, um, it was stark how different the games were, especially the one in Florida where it was what nine thousand people. Yes, I mean the reaction of the crowd was just really. I mean, it, it you didn't realize how much you missed the crowd interaction until although the teams are better too so it's hard to say it was just because of the crowd right well no well i well i mean let's just say the crowd in vegas got a nice rest because there was nothing to cheer about in that freaking game and we even got the guy who did the uh the horn wrong it was gene simmons we didn't go gene simmons did he crank it with his tongue i no, he but he did crank it um, he he looked in better shape cranking it than Wayne Newton, but Wayne Newton's probably 15 years older than Gene Simmons. See, it would, would, it would, it would have been better if he had his wife crank it, Shannon. Tweet. David Copperfield, I went too young. I get that, Mike. I went too young with David Copperfield. David Blaine? He should have been David Blaine? No, no, no. I went too young with Copperfield because he's probably 50-something, but, but Gene Simmons is like 70. Wayne Newton's even older than that. So I think they just want to get the old guys doing it and see if they, you know, if they can make it through like an endurance test. Yeah, but Gene's been powerlifting. He's been he's been you know, lifting those royalty checks for a long time. <laughs> he's another guy that never misses a royalty no, check. No, 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 negatory. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Monday, May seventeenth, twenty twenty-one. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Okay. Let's start – we'll start in chronological order. We'll start with the game on Saturday. Ak will be joining us in a minute here. Um, let's start with – or 10. Uh, let's start with the Boston-Washington game. Um, now, I have to say, uh, you know, this game I, – I was a little disappointed at, 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 the, at the game simply because um, – and Bruce Cassidy said this after the game – the big guys for the Bruins simply did not show up. I think they had trouble ramping it up, Mike. I think I had just seen Boston, you know, maybe three weeks ago live here in Philly, somewhere around that time frame. And I saw the same game that I saw out of that top line three weeks ago. It just seemed like they had trouble ramping it up. And they had gotten a break with Craig Anderson being in net. Because if you really did watch Craig Anderson, to me, he looked slow post to post. And there was that one puck that was just sitting on the line and he had no idea where it was. And he was practically falling down doing it. And they just didn't cash in on that. Right. And so I just felt like you needed to do some wraparounds. You needed to have more traffic in front. And they didn't do that. They really sort of let Craig Anderson and the caps off the hook on this one. And I, the only thing I could say is I don't think they were able to ramp it up enough. So, you know, that's my guess. Um, now, for people, you know, some people didn't see it. Um, Tom Wilson scores the opening goal. And off a of faceoff, Jake DeBrusque ties it. It was an odd play where uh, it got pushed uh, off the faceoff where DeBrusque was basically in the slot. Vanacek was late in recognizing where the puck was and lunged uh, for the puck when he saw DeBrusque shooting and in an awkward manner. And I, you know, I'm no, I'm no doctor. I would be surprised if Vanacek plays again because yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. I he was either torn groin, pulled groin or stomach muscle because he was, it was an odd kick out. And, and this is, and this is this, and we'll get back to the game in a second, but this is the odd thing for, for, 
for Washington right now. Uh, Sam Sonoff is on the COVID protocol list. Yeah. So now Craig Anderson, who's 40, uh, 39, I believe. Going to be, I think he was going to be 40 this Friday. Yeah. So he's 39 for a couple more days. Uh, he comes in cold. Their backup is Phoenix Copley. And they he's call okay. him. He's okay. He's okay. He's, he's had NHL games. Mm-hmm. And Zach Fucali is now their number three. They never want to see Zach Fucali there. No offense to Zach. He just never developed that enough for that. Right. Now, we don't know when Sam Sonoff comes back. So, I mean, th- this is – Boston has to take advantage. Yeah, this is a this is a dire situation for Washington. Washington but like you said, I mean, I was expecting, okay, you know, I hear Van checks out, he leaves the ice, and Anderson comes in who's played, I think, two games all year. I'm like, oh, they're going to pummel him with shots. They did. Yeah, what did Taylor Hall do? I want to know. I, I I was trying to find oh, out how Taylor Hall did. What did how, he do in this game, Mike? Tell it's me how Taylor Hall did in this game. game. How did he do, Mike? He didn't do anything, but it's one game. He was a minus. He was there for two goals. It's one friggin' game. Okay, but again, for all the people that are like, based on the short window that they saw of him in the regular season, like right. they got to sign Taylor Hall, hold off on that because Taylor but, Hall is not exactly, even in his best days, right. the best playoff performer. He's not. Russ, Russ in, right. ter- in terms of fellow travelers, in terms of guys who didn't show up, add the names Bergeron, Marchand, and Pastor. Well, but those guys, you have more of an idea, will show up. I, I agree, but I'm just saying they didn't show up. And and Eck, I'll, I'll bring you yeah. in on this. Yeah, Eck showed up, give him credit for that. Yeah, Barely, but yeah. But Eck, this is the thing. Um Alex Ovechkin, yeah, great trains. David Krejci yep. leaves his feet. Yeah, not even a minor penalty. Nothing get gets mentioned from the league again. <sighs> I know. Um, yeah, that was embarrassing for the league. It was. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, Crosby did something yesterday too. Um, but um, yeah, no, I mean that. I yeah, that- know they can do it. You know, how sometimes guys will do it, and they'll sort of look back at the ref to see if they're getting a call. They don't even look back anymore because they know nothing's going to be called. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know that it. There, I mean, there's definitely the league has to examine itself this summer, and hopefully they will. Um, if they don't, then you know, got we've got probably we've got some serious issues going on here. Because um, I, I, but let's. Uh, so, have you gotten into games yet, or are you just been no, there now? This is it. Okay. All right, this, we're starting with this game. Okay, good. Because I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, can we all agree that this was the this was like the best four opening games we've ever had in the playoffs. I mean, this is just like, oh, I mean, we'll give the three. What game wasn't good. The Vegas game wasn't great. Oh, I don't know. I disagree. I really it was disagree. some good saves, Zach, but I think you're, you're setting the bar low for that one. They all were overtime. The first three, which is fantastic. I get that, but I don't think that was a great game. I mean, the one that wasn't overtime was probably the best one. I mean, that was like, yeah, that game was, that game was insane last night. That was a great game. Um, but I know I thought that I thought, I mean, listen, that is how Minnesota doesn't have to play. Right. And that's, and, and right, but it was dreadful. Like, yeah, but let's, let's not go to that game. Right. Let's finish. Okay, let's start with, let's start with Boston and let's start with start Boston and Washington. And you guys were starting there in uh, a little bit. Well, you so, yeah. Your take. I pretty much, you know, um, yeah. My take on that game was again, I did there. I do give credit to Laviolette, you know, for having his team prepared. Like there's no question about it that, this is where a good coach matters a lot. You know, mm-hmm. um, you saw it in this game, like he was ready. Um, he has played, you know, I forget, you know, you got to forget the lobby. You know, last time he played Boston was, you know, right or wrong was the, when he came back from three, nothing with the flyers against Boston. You know, he, he has a thing with Boston. He's good with Boston. Um, 
And I think, and there's just very, Boston's a very specific kind of game. You know, you have to play a very certain way to beat them. And I think he had them doing it. Like if I felt like I'm doing it, the goaltending situation was crazy. And, and that to me, um, that's why as this series goes on, I mean, Washington, it's just like, but then I'm reminded again of Laviolette's run in the playoffs, you know, like before with, with like the goalies that he was using. Remember with the Flyers, which got okay, to the point that where that goalie wasn't 40. And that this goalie is visibly slow in the net, and Boston didn't take care of it. Not only was he visibly slow, didn't you get? Did you get the impression he was not healthy? Like I, when I was when I was watching, him I didn't play, get like, that impression, but I could tell. I just did. Knowing, I watched Craig Anderson enough over the years. Yeah. His post to post compared to like other goalies in the league is yeah. slow. Yeah, oh yeah, he came in cold, and I think he was slow early. But then after, I'd say into the third period, he was better. And I think he will be better as it goes along here if he's has, if he has to play more. We know we still don't right. know what's going to happen. But they say, um, they say he's going to start game two. Well, yeah, he'll be in here for game two. Um, after that, no. hopefully Samsonov will be back. Well, um, no, no, no. Well, maybe, but did we say no. Before someone says it, I didn't see when Lester Patrick played at the age of forty. So don't don't go there. No, but uh, but uh, the odd thing, and I want to touch on something with Boston, but the odd yeah. thing. Kuznetsov is back off the COVID protocol and he's skating as an extra skater. So this, all this stuff about Kuznetsov being gone at the end of the year, it sounds like, you know, I, I mean, I would be shocked if he doesn't get back in the lineup and maybe no, he'll get in the lineup, but I think yeah, it doesn't mean he won't be gone. Yeah. It doesn't mean he won't be gone. here's the one thing I've learned about Ted Leonsis after chatting with him a couple times over the years. I feel like he's gone over the line for what Ted Leonsis is comfortable for. And I think Leonsis yeah. will ask, them to get rid of him. Yeah, I do agree. Ted actually has a lot of um of character to him. Honestly, yeah. he is a, he is a guy of high of high character. I really I've I've always I've dealt with him a lot, talked to him a lot individually, been out with him a couple times for dinner. He's really he really one of these guys. He's very very high a guy holding really high esteem as far as you know. But but that doesn't mean he's not going to use him. He's an asset. He's going to use like right now. I don't know. They'll use him. They're, they're they're skating him as an extra skater, not as a right, not as a, on one of the lines. Yeah, so but if somebody gets hurt, Kuznetsov's going to sure, be but, but Russ, I mean, yeah. the guy's the guy's your number two center. I mean, he should be if he's back, he should be back. But if he's not back, that that's a, that's well, a it just shows you how far he's dropped as far as what they think yeah. of him. And well, also where Laviolette is happy with what he has, you know, like that's the thing. Right. Like Laviolette won't doesn't care if this guy has scored fifty or a thousand oh, goals in his career. I mean, and look at like Minnesota scratching Parise, you know, the same kind also, of thing there. That also calls into question the Verona trade because if they're going to trade Kuznetsov, they should have kept Verona. But um, no, but that's right. a salary thing. They weren't going to be able to pay Verona. They're pretty. They're yeah. I think they're pretty speciously connected. I don't think that. I really don't think you have anything there. But here's the here's the thing. Mantha. We can't forget that. That's a good here's play. the thing yeah. I wanted to mention. Here's the thing I wanted to mention. Yeah. When, it comes to, when it comes to the Bruins fans, you are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> if you're if you're if you are blaming Tuka Rask for the uh, for that loss, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nick Dowd shot was deflected twice. Yeah. If you are blame. I mean, it's it's like a reflex action. It's like you know, yeah. you know like no, Tuka Rask was at fault. I cannot wait, Bruins fan, until Tukarask either goes to another team or retires, and you have to and and you have to have average goaltending, and you get screwed because I can tell you, Mike can tell you all about giving up on Tukarask early, and Mike can give you that one. You know all about that, Mike. I mean, like, no, but you know what? I'm, I, Toronto, I I'm just saying that the Leafs, the Leafs had Rask, right, and they moved him. I can, yes, but no, I can no, see. No, 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 they never really had him. They just drafted. No, they was, they was, okay, uh, just to just to get the record. Yeah. Jeff Gorton was the interim general manager in Boston. Yeah. Right. John Ferguson was the general manager in Toronto. Ferguson wanted Andrew Raycroft. He gave Gorton the option. 
either right. Justin Pogge or Puka Rask. And well, he then they gave up on him. I and mean, the rest is history. That is giving up on him, in my opinion. I mean, that does. That's funny that you you can't possibly say that that like that that that, that, that means it's okay that he did that. Like, that he, point, I didn't give him up. He took him. At that point, you had two goaltenders who were stars in the world. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That minute that that trade was made, yeah. I was screaming it was a huge mistake because Rask, not only did Justin Pogge win the gold medal, but Rask was not only the best goalie in the world juniors, he was the best by far. But this is but this is the reason why most Leaf fans hate yeah. John Ferguson Jr. Right. passion because he could have gotten him for Justin Pogge, but instead he gave him the gave him Gave Boston the option, and for the last 15 years, we've had to deal it with it. shows that Gordon is smart, but Eck, when I saw the post game, who does that though? Who gives an option and trade like I John Ferguson? I mean, what's the point? What is what's the point besides, besides like you know, making you not pout, not you know, you're, I guess you're no longer responsible. I don't know what that means. Yeah, Eck, here's the, here's the yeah. issue though post game, right? Yeah, Tuka Rask. You could read it on his face, was dreading for when the question was going to come up, and he had to talk about the goal. And he was honest about it. He goes, look, I didn't even see it. He, he, it was one of those things. You know how you say, I throw something to you, and you say, think fast, and you might catch it one out of ten times. Yeah. And that's exactly the, the timing you have to make that save. But the idea is he is so worn down by the questions from the fan base. It doesn't affect his play because he can block it out. But you could see he is tired of post games, right? Answering to a lot of this fan base that just feels like everything's his fault. And I'm telling you, that is why he will either leave or retire. And I think he's going to retire. I don't have any inside information. This uh, yeah. is not feeling. I think he's tired of it. I mean, yeah, but I think he. Should, I don't think he should retire. I think he should. I shouldn't think well, he, he should. Not, I mean, he may I not go to Seattle or something like that. You know, honestly, mm -hmm. like if I was him, I would say like move me to Seattle. Like, like kind of remember what Mark Andre Fleury's situation was. You know, when he got yeah. to Seattle, was sort of along those lines. It's like there's no question that the Bruins fans are in love with their backup. You know, like and that and they that always are, and especially if he's a college yeah. goalie. My God. Yeah, well, everybody, every and everybody is like the 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 idea of like always. People always love the backup. They always love the backup quarterbacks. They always, it's like yeah. it's just you know. But they realize that there's a reason these guys aren't playing at the end of the day. And yes, this kid, this kid they have is going to be a great goalie, perhaps, or could be a good goalie. And had a really good start, but but he's not ready to put him into this spot right here. And and you've got oh. one of the best goalies in the league in Tukarask. And and you know if you don't realize that, I mean, gosh, that goal you can't do anything about. That's like a double deflection, like you said. Seeing eye goal, it just it's what it was. I mean, it just it found its way through, and that's what happens. Um, I mean, I thought the game I, I was impressed with how physical the Capitals came out. And I know they were like we talked about, they were definitely um you know, the couple of the hits were a little bit questionable, but I was impressed with how physical they decided they were gonna be. And and the, to me it was two teams and what I liked about this and when I wrote about it, I'm like, this is just two teams that that know how to win and aren't afraid of playoffs you know like they, these are two teams that are okay with being in the both these teams have done a lot you know like they've already done a lot all these a lot of players have already won cups on both those teams it's like this is about they know what they need to do and they're going out there and they're doing it and part of what you need to do is like just hit or be hit type mentality which i think is really what i liked you know i think that, that, yeah. that, that i thought the capitals that was the most physical i've seen the capitals by far this year. Like, I mean, I mean, the Capitals were not physical at all when they played the Flyers, at least. I didn't see this physicality at but all. I don't think the Caps took it to them. I don't think this was a game where we said, wow, I'm so impressed with the Capitals, the way they took it to the Bruins. I think what happened was the Bruins got settled into that game and felt like they yeah. were going to do what they've been doing in the regular season and win it late. And when that didn't happen, they realized that's probably the wrong way to play the, against this team. Well, I mean, there was, there was some physicality there apparently, uh, or, you know, you saw the Tom Wilson, Jeremy Lawson situation. Yeah. Lawson's not going to be in the next game. I think he got hurt. 
Um, they're putting Connor Clifton in in place of them. So, I, I mean, that takes that takes away a little bit. I mean, Clifton's a, or a, a Lawson's a big kid. Remember, Lawson also has a jerkish kind of attitude, the same way Wilson does. Right. You know, and that's what teams want. That kind of guy. I get it. That's why I had him high. You know, higher than a lot of them in the draft because I knew he would make it to the NHL and I knew he would be a jerk in the NHL. But again, it's not like it's unwarranted just because you know Wilson hit somebody. We don't. I don't always want to blame it on Tom Wilson. And no, no, and Quinn and uh, and uh, if you noticed, uh, they did not have Trent Frederick in the lineup. Yes. Um, so the new the neutralizer and comes in, when it comes to Tom Wilson was not in there. That doesn't mean he won't be in there. No, no, no. I think he could. I think he could be. Uh, and if if Wilson starts to run amok, then I think. You know, it's very. I mean, I don't know who could handle who could handle. I'm not talking about in a fight, but it's like you want somebody. If Wilson starts going banana, you know, banana sandwich on you, and and you need and you need somebody to respond in kind. I don't think Curtis Lazar or Nick Ritchie are going to do it. Yeah. I do. When we move on to another series, though, I want to point yeah. out a flaw that I'm seeing with certain teams in the playoffs, and and I we'll see if you guys agree or not. Okay. Um, before we do it, you want to move on or when after we move on? Yeah, I mean, so if you want to do the Vegas game, I'll point out the flaw. All right, yeah, let's, go let's go there right now. Yeah, okay. Cool. I need a rest. So with Vegas, the <laughs> flaw that I see Not is the flaw that I thought was was there, and that is they're slow, they're big, but the problem is a lot of teams, the way they've gone past this, like, is they have somebody fast at least in the bottom six so that if you give up a goal – and it's right. a tie game, whatever. You can put that guy in the ice, and we'll talk about this in another series. And that guy will cause some problems on that immediate first shift because he's a matchup problem. There is nobody like that on Vegas. Matter of fact, when you have guys like Nicholas Waugh, it's great that you've got size in some of these younger players, but they're slow. And yeah. it is not helping them because they're not great transitionally defensively anyhow. And if you notice, it's not like Petrangelo is a burner either. He's doing a lot of his stuff with longer range passing and everything else, and they just look too slow. Yeah. Not saying they're going to lose the series, but I'm saying no, it's easier to match up against them for some team. Which yeah. is surprising because that's, you know, obviously they, were, they weren't that way under Gallant, you know, like in a lot of no, ways. No, they weren't. But they, they, they've gotten slower yeah. and they've gotten bigger. Um, they, they, you know, to me, what killed them was like what kills a lot of teams. And, and that's the reaction to something by overreacting to it in a huge way. Like they got to the Stanley Cup finals as a, as an incredible story. Right. And yep. then they got manhandled by the capitals because the capitals are playing that Eastern, Eastern division, you know, like bold capitals, you know, whatever, you know, Patrick division hockey, which is like, you know, they're, and they just, so they got out, out physical. And so therefore they decided they weren't going to be small and they really went, way overboard i thought in thinking that like they went away from there like okay we're gonna play fast to be like we don't want to be out, out physical you know um to me that they just well they i think they, I, they well the funny thing is like i think they got out physical against dallas last year and i think they kind of did yesterday too and i i honestly feel like what i really liked about yesterday was evison's um he obviously took he obviously watched all those Dallas teams, you know, like that, that in the bubble, that was, they, they played the same game that the stars played against them in the, in the playoffs. And, but the wild, doesn't, the wild don't have finishers like Dallas did last no. year. No, they don't. So it puts them in a spot where they have to win games. Like they want it. Um, well, you know, and, had a good game, but they, you know, essentially kept him from the highest scoring areas. And, they, and this is the thing, you know, yeah. I, I'm an old time hockey fan. I like if, if it's a, an entertaining one, nothing victory, 
I'm all for it. I this game was, you know, Flurry made some fantastic saves. So did Talbot, and yeah. it just it, it it's a game that didn't really capture. Like, I mean. The game we're going to talk about, Florida Tampa Bay, that captured my excitement, and it was five yeah. four. But if that was one nothing, I still would have been excited by it. This game had lulls. There were some good saves, there were some good moments, but it wasn't like tension filled throughout. And I, I think, I think Russ, one thing Russ said to me earlier, and I, I really agree with it. If you expect Cam Talbot to play like this every game, every game, no, that 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 was shocking. It's not that him. was the best Cam Talbot since the Rangers that I yeah seen. that really blew my mind like that that was just because I you know I'm not a Talbot fan necessarily I mean I have been at times like you said he was a great backup with the Rangers but I didn't necessarily think he was I didn't like this move it was the only thing I guaranteed that kind of baffled me um, but yeah that I mean last yesterday geez I mean he's not gonna play like that all the time but you might you know you might not need to play like that to win I mean they I, I thought I thought I mean some of the flurry saves though as from at least from a goalie's perspective. Oh, they were the, amazing. One of the best games I've seen a goalie play and lose in the playoffs in a long time. Like he played out of his friggin' mind. It makes you wonder, Great. like, you know, if he plays last year against Dallas, and, and you know, Vegas maybe, you know, Vegas goes on to win to play to play Tampa. You know, to me, that's like it's clear as day. Like if he plays that way. But that's just that's an insane Mark Andre Florian for his age and everything, what he's doing. It's just He's just at literally at the top of his game, which is insane. Yeah, he's still, he's still great, and, and that's insane. You know, at his age, it's insane. He's at the top of his game for a goalie. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, this is game one. We don't know how he'll hold up for a whole series, right? That's but, that's, but that's the nice thing is that they got they they got Leonard warming up in the bullpen. If that's right. the case, when they had, and they're lucky that way. They have, they really are lucky that way. I um, I mean, the decision not to play Parise was interesting. You know, like to scratch. Yeah, him. I, I I guess he's either banged up. Or at this point, healthy. well, they could say that. I mean, if he's well, why wouldn't they? No, I mean that to me, you 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 never lie that direction, right? Like you you could you rather say, say he's banged up than say well, he's all healthy. All right, so here, all right. So let me ask you: is a, is, a, is a bold thing to say? Okay, but let me ask you this: so if you're Dean Evison, do you want to say he's healthy, or do you want to say he doesn't play at the pace I, I need this team to play at right now? Like that's worse, but that's probably the reality. Well, no, but he's not, not either way in that situation. He so he said both of those things, Russ. Right. He said right. he's healthy and he doesn't play at the pace that I want to. He didn't say that. No, I didn't. He didn't say it. But by scratching him, that's what no, he's saying. No, he's not you know? saying that though. But by scratching him, that's what he's saying. So it's not to me that has nothing to do with injured or not. You know, like I would rather say he's banged up a little bit, and therefore you can imply that he can't play at that speed or whatever. Or he's trying to piss him off and he'll put him in. Well, that might be it. I mean, that to me, that to me, it's way more of a, a thing along those lines than anything else. Uh, especially, you know, just just because. Especially, I mean, especially if you're trying to trade him like you did last year. You yeah, know, I mean, I think the, I think every, they're giving up on that. You want to use every excuse in the and and the thing is, I I just looked it up for for uh, giggles, um, in terms of buying him out. He's got four years left. There's literally no cap saving in three of the four years because it's all signing. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, I know. He's, um, I mean, they're they're stuck with that kind. Of, that's like the last contract that was signed before things kind of changed the way you can sign contracts. So yeah, it's a shame. I mean, he was a heck of a player, but you knew that there was going to be a time it would run out for him, and we just we might he's be still a great now. leader. So to me, like him, yeah. him not being on that team in that game yesterday, that that sends a message to your well, team. Well, still have Ryan Suter there, and he's a big time leader. Yeah, but it's done the message though. There's no question about it. I mean, they've they've really gone overboard to make this team have a new character to it. And you know, the one thing I'll say about Parisi and Suter, and you know, I've talked to other people about this before. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen it covering them in different situations, Russ, but in, in international play at least. Um, 
they can both tend towards negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they can both be a little bit um, like Cost. when things. Yeah, when things aren't going well. I think Parise especially. I've seen that. Yeah, you've seen it, right? It's like you can see when things aren't going well. I mean, I saw with Suter in Nashville. I've seen Parise in New Jersey too. They're not exactly like the hip, hip, hooray type character. No, that's true. I saw it more with Parise for sure, but I've seen it. Yeah. yeah um, and USA has always had an issue with that, actually. And Burke had an issue with that. I know in Team USA, like sometimes putting Parise in there because and giving him such a big role because he's not. He's, he's obviously a great lead. What he does on the ice is, un, you know, unquestionable. Like back then, you know, at least, um, like in 2010, for example. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it's still like if things weren't going well, he was not. Well, maybe a great guy. maybe maybe uh, Zach Zach Parise comes up with the same skin infection that Marion Hosa does, and that's how they get out of the last four years, at least the cap hit of the last four years. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say what's a potential problem, too, for Minnesota, because they yep. look, they were fortunate winning that game like anybody else's. Once it gets to overtime, anything can happen. Yeah, but I sure. feel like I did feel like some players were standing around and also waiting for Kaprizov to make something happen, and that's a problem when you're in the playoffs and you're yeah. depending on a rookie, no matter the age of the rookie. He's still new to this league. He is new. Although, can have we ever seen a performance like that out of Ryan Hartman before? Like that? I mean, he was just yes. Actually, I have. Yeah. But I think he's been neutralized in different roles over the years. Yeah. But if you give Ryan Hartman can play a variety of roles, he was an yeah. offensive player in juniors, a very offensive player. Yeah, but but teams like this toughness, and so that he got but he got pushed into that bottom six role no matter what. I'm not shocked that I've seen that on yeah. Ryan Hartman because he's done that in his career. He just hasn't done it lately. And this is yeah. the, this is the one thing that may be unfortunate for Vegas. And I, I still think you know, I still think they're going to win the series. But that size advantage, that you know, boning up for the for you know to have big players, that is not really going to have much of an effect against Minnesota when they have. Greenway and Felino, they have size, they have yeah. toughness. They're not going to be intimidated by that. Bukestad, yeah, exactly. A, so no, they, they have, have size. They have size. So it's like those yeah. guys can skate too. Bukestad, not so much. Greenway can skate. Yeah. Like they have guys that are big but are mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, there's definitely also the, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with, um, was it Nozak, right? Who they, who they, they, they lost. Nozak was a wild player, right? Before he yeah. went to, to Vegas. Um, and and you know he there was a lot of talk. I was I was driving around yesterday a little bit during this game, and I was listening to the Minnesota Wild broadcast on the radio, and they were they kept mentioning that over and over again. You know, like there's like a, you know, you're never gonna justify what you did. Nozick's a hell of a player. You know, they never should have let him go. But at the end of the day, they just there was like this incredible like, yeah, we get them back, we're winning. You know, it's like oh my gosh for the for the Nozick trade. You know, for Thomas Nozick, it's just bizarre to me. Um, moving on then to uh, let's go to Pittsburgh and the Islanders first. Um, and let's go there first. This is, um, you know, this was kind of the ultimate fear of the Penguins in a lot of ways of coming true. Like the this the goaltending in this game. This is where the this is where the goaltending let a team down. You know, like yes, yes. Over the yeah, weekend. no question. You know? I think I think the goaltending let both teams down. Really, uh, I do. There was there was one that definitely Sorokin would want back. Yeah, no they. Question. I mean, okay. Yeah. The the goal that made it, I think it was 3-2 in the third period, late in the third period, was a dagger. Was like, okay, yeah. you know, that's that's a goal that normally kills a team. And I thought Sorokin the weird part, Mike, just to just to get on that goal, the weird part about that goal was his glove was so close to it. If he actually would have just been holding it in a better position, it wasn't like that thing was sailing top corner, and there's no way of stopping it. Yeah. It was really close to that. 
Yeah, and then and then uh, the the Penguins come right back down with the Carter. I think it's Carter Tanev and Kapanen line, and Kapanen ties the game. And all the momentum, I mean, you know, all the momentum of that go-ahead goal late in the third was was gone. Yeah. Now, I agree, Jari did not have a good game, but I didn't think Sorokin was anything, you know, special either. So I mean, like, to, to give Sorokin a little, I mean, first of all, you know, obviously being thrust in this, into that spot kind of last minute. Um, and then also being put into a, into, into a situation where, you know, he's it's the nerves were there. You could see the nerves were there for him. Um, he's been pretty solid. I, I, I expect that you know he'll come back and be very strong. I, the, and the, weird part, the weird part was one-on-one -on -one and around the net, Jerry was great. And then he was yeah. horrible with the glove stuff. And I do feel like they could tinker with that a little bit yeah. and, and get – like that last goal, nobody could get yeah. anything about. Yeah, no, Palmieri yeah. scores that one out of every ten times. Yeah, Palmieri is very good and scores – those goals that Palmieri scored, you know, that was, that was a crazy goal, every overtime goal. But – yeah. The Islanders has some guys that are very good at shifting, um, at like at like pulling the pulling the puck in or moving it out, like shifting the angle you're shooting from. You mm -hmm. can see that happening um, in that game, because yeah, that because if, if a goalie comes out and sets on sets on his angle and and isn't ready for that move, which you know Matthews is the best at in the league by far, but that move that you know you go out there, um, then you're going to get beaten like he was getting beaten on things, and then he tend he tends to like trust his angle. You know, there's one thing about going out and trusting your angle in a big time, but there's another thing about like I'm I'm on the angle, so I don't have to worry about anything type thing. That that's where he ran into issues. I felt like, yeah. Um, you know, here's and, the worry: if you're an Islander fan, yeah. I don't think the Islanders outplayed the Penguins. I don't no. because again, the Penguins were without Malkin and they didn't get great goaltending. They overcame that. Now, what I was talking about when you can put out a fast guy when you're behind, like yeah. Kapanen, Kapanen neutralized that game in a second, thirty yeah. seconds later. He got right behind the defense and scored. And that is something where you add Malkin to that team. I also feel like Trot still wore those guys out. Did you notice late in the second period, they were heaving, man? No, oh, yeah, they were tired. And that's that I mean, they were I mean, the Penguins decided they were gonna try to outskate them, right? Which is what they've been doing this year. And and that that is an exhausting game to play if you don't, you know, unless you're in perfect positioning and and sometimes even then it won't matter because the Penguins are used to people trapping against them. So they're, they're, they're playing it. I mean, they, they, they've never played a game where they weren't being trapped against. So yeah, yeah the, thing that, the thing that I thought was hurting the Islanders that way. And Jones, Jonesy made a good point of the puck retrieval on the power play. Yeah, that's great, but you still have to score, right? If you don't score the puck retrieval, it doesn't mean anything, but what the puck yeah. retrieval does do is it does exhaust the penalty killers. And some of those guys are on your regular lines too. And I felt like the Islanders normally played, at least the games I've seen with less movement yeah. on the penalty kill than that. And they had to move around a lot more. And I think that was a factor too. They did. They did. I agree. And I, I felt like, I mean, some of this Rogan stuff that I was seeing that he, he was over committing to certain plays, which is definitely a nervousness. That's like something that, you know, flurry has done in the past. We've seen flurry done, you know, do and, um, and like Pecky Randy, where we talk about these goalies that like the one goal that was a deflection, um, pretty far out deflection. Was it? I can't remember who got the goal, but it was pretty much. It, it, it ended up going on on past him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. I know the goal. I can't remember who. He it was, was way to his left because he was because it was it was a it was like a flip in shot that he just thought he was going to glove it, and it's kind of thing that he didn't even have to glove it because it was going to go wide. So he's way to his left, and that's way over committing. So that when that deflects back, it wasn't like a super fast deflection that he shouldn't be able to get to, but he was too far away from it. So Rogan's got to watch his rebound control. That's something yeah. where down low he almost paid for that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. It, and I mean, the questions with this series, I mean, I- injuries, I mean, we, we don't really have an extent on what is wrong with Varlamov. So no, I do, I do. Angel oh. Bruce about a week and a half ago said that, and if I remember this correctly, the Islanders were resting Varlamov because he had like a tweak of the knee. And I think that's still the injury that's bothering him. Yeah. And uh, Malkin, didn't play in game one, but uh, I just saw some video of him at the practice facility in Pittsburgh. He's having Colton Sevier hit him into the boards. That, so he must be testing out some he sort of – He looked really good in, in like, the pregame but, skate. Like, did they show the videos and stuff like that? I was like, what the heck? He looked fine. Like, it was – You know what I want to say? I, I, I explained this to Mike offline. Covering the Penguins as much as I have over the years because they've been in the playoffs. I've been to, like, different game sevens and the Cup and all these – with Sullivan, I think they were just playing it safe with Malkin because they expect this to be a long series, and they've won long series before. So right. why put Malkin out there in game one if you're a little unsure because you yeah. feel like you're going to be in the series the whole time? And I think, honestly, that's that's the mentality. It's okay but, until you're down one nothing, right? And then, then, yeah. then that immediately changes everything. Like it, sure. It's very crazy how it's like – you can say it's going to be a long series, but – if they had won game one, then Malkin probably wouldn't play because they could. Yeah, then you, they don't play him. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. play. If, if they had won that game, I agree. He wouldn't be playing. And uh, and Dumoulin, missed, uh, he blocked a shot in the third period of the game, and he missed practice, but that, you know. It's a Ryan Pulick shot, so yeah. that's why. You can't blame him for that. You know, that's no question. I mean, it's, 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 there, hour, there's another thing I kind of noticed in now. general um, about this, and I didn't take it into account when I was – making my predictions until like late until later, which is funny because I don't know if I changed any of my picks at all, but um, cause I, I made the predictions on the show on Friday, but then yesterday um, and I went with the same thing I went with on, you know, I went with Boston, I went with the Islanders. Um, and then I went with, um, Toronto. I went with, uh, what was that? Toronto. No, but I'm, no, I'm not talking about those, oh, those games. Oh, oh, the oh, games oh. so far that we predict the games that we picked so far. So I went and I, and I went with that. So I went, and then I went with Minnesota and I went with, um, What's it called? Uh, um, Florida. In Florida. In Florida, right? So that was my. So I think those are the same things I did. But I, I, I was torn between Minnesota and Vegas, going back and forth. And what occurred to me in watching the game that just even that first game was how much different the playoffs are this year with these teams knowing each other so crazy well. Oh yeah. Like I didn't take that into account with my predictions as much as I should have. Like, oh, like yeah, that's a fair point. There is something different about the playoffs than there usually is. Like usually, you know, you play that cross game or whatever, and you have that team you have, you know, how, how they've ever seen. But even, even, even if you're just playing somebody in your division, you're not playing ten times or eight times. You know, it's yeah. like this is like, and yeah. and having played them so often, so recently, all of these they've all played recently. Well, um, it's crazy. Well, well, I mean, okay, in the three American divisions, the teams played each other eight times. Just think if you're in the North Division and you played, like, for example, Toronto-Montreal, played 10 times and played four times in a row as recently as a week and a half ago. Yeah. So I think they, you know, like, uh, like I think it was Dominic Moore said on the NBC broadcast, they know what what mouthwash each one was using. Oh, they do. And and that, that is something that is a, it definitely neutralizes things. It definitely brings the teams closer together and makes that's, I think you're going to, I think the reason we're going to see a lot of overtime games is, 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 uh, is has to do with this. I think that, you know, the, the difference between teams is definitely (laughs) minimized when they're so used to each other. 
because you know there's just there's just more coaching can get involved more line matching more you know how do we stop this what do we do right that worked for us what did we do wrong it didn't work for us they know everything that they could possibly know about these teams they're playing against so that 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 leads itself towards a lot of close games and a lot of overtime games which is why you know when you saw the first three games go to overtime i'm thinking to myself yeah that that's probably makes more sense i shouldn't you I know and I, i'm going to say this Zach, and i was legitimately shocked mike matheson actually had a decent game yeah, he did. He did. He did have a decent game. And, and he's got, you know, we know he's got abilities. Right? He's having some sort of good effect on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, then now let's go to let's go to Florida, Tampa, which was just a barn burner. Of a game. Yeah. I mean, they can't. The, first of all, the, if that first period of that game was insane to the point where, you know, there's no way they could have kept it up. And they didn't. No, I mean, they, they, right, they fell back. But, you know, my gosh, even even falling back, I mean. Every stoppage, there was a fight. That, that, that there's always that's the crazy thing. That's when you know things are really good. Like the smallest yeah. of like the goalie freezes the puck for a second, it's always happening. Yeah. Um, after the whistle stuff. After whistle constantly. And I thought Boucher, I think it was, he mentioned that he thought the refs did a good job. And I agree. I agree that they did a good job. Uh, I disagree with Boucher. Okay. And I love him, but I disagree because again, the same way you felt it. Florida got jobbed on that goal. Oh, they did. No, there were some big overall. Like, yeah, I'm, I just, yeah, I'm just saying. Well, that's a big thing because that was a big momentum shift for Tampa. Oh, no, that's they, a huge momentum they, shift. They I literally agree. scored like 10 seconds later. The, I know. the issue that I had with that was if you're telling me the push on his pad hurt him being in goal, how was he able to make the first save? Yeah, no problem. Not, yeah. the right. Exactly. Position. Exactly. Like, you know it was strong his legs are. Like, come on. I mean, Vasilevsky made a mistake on, the, like, if a goalie makes a mistake, it shouldn't be, you know, just a legitimate mistake. Like he right. does not, he does not grab the puck when he has a chance to. Like he could have easily frozen there was the no puck. Force behind that push of the pad, nothing. No. None at all. And it was, a, and it was really, it was devastating because, like you said, the, the Tampa comes back and scores right away. Yeah, that was just one of those moments. Like, oh now, my granted, god. I also think the, the, the Panthers exhaled, and Tampa saw that opening. It was like Bing Bing goal, and yeah. unfortunately, this is the problem for Florida. They have to put in twice the effort oh, yeah. to stay in the games against Tampa because when Tampa rolls those four lines, Florida can't roll four good lines and Florida's defense without Ekblad is just not up to the task. And that's to like, that's, that's the big, that's the big word right there. Ekblad yeah. because you, against in this game, I mean, you are literally playing against like maybe the best team in the NHL when you bring Kucherov back into things. It's like yes. this, this, they, 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 you know, and they won the Stanley Cup. I mean, this is not well, like a secret that they're the best I, team in the NHL. I, I said that, I said this to Russ earlier, and I, I don't think it'll happen, but I can see at the next general manager's meeting or the next board of governors meeting, somebody coming up and saying, we cannot allow these players who sit out the entire year to come back off yeah. of LTIR and will point to Kucherov. And I'm, and I'm like, you know what? You've got a flat cap right now. And if you have to, if you have to Jimmy things a little bit, I'm sorry. You have to allow it. It happened with Patrick Kane a few years ago with Chicago. Yeah. It happened this year. It was, you know, it was a certain it was wrong. Then it's wrong now. I mean, it's still wrong. Well, but no, it's it wasn't wrong then because the league didn't have a problem with it. It's not illegal. We've talked about right, exactly. It's wrong. And, and that's it's what I'm now, now, I loved the physicality in this series mm. in so far in Game One. I, you know, but it got a little cheap. But the uh, the NHL has a meeting with Sam Bennett. Uh, uh, for the hit on Coleman. Now this, which this, I don't see why. Honestly. I don't see. I don't see why. But but here, this is this is the reason why. Coleman hits Barkov, no call. Yeah. Right. Cole, right. Uh, uh, Bennett hits Coleman, 
Retribution. And there was a play. Was a play. That is the cause of it. Right. Cop, or who was no? Not what's. Oh gosh, what's his name? Um, shoot. Who? The, what? What? The Tampa. The Tampa Russian defenseman. I'm just losing my mind for a second. Sergachev. 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 I mean, the, the 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 he flattens somebody from behind in the boards and doesn't get a penalty. I called it all. Like that happened. Like uh, in the second period, that was brutal. It was a brutal hit. And they went after Sergachev later in the game. Too. And that should have been a suspension right there too. I mean, you're talking. Yeah. I mean, there to me. I'm not saying the referee was perfect, but it was a really intense game, and I like the fact. Yeah, that I just think like the referee was great, but I don't think it cost the game. I no. think Florida's on the right track. I just don't think they have the horses in this. And look, I told us to Mike, this is as good as Bob can play right now. He's not going to play any better than. And that's the big question about this because to me, that's the big question from yesterday's game. Like Bob did play very well yesterday, and they made some big saves. And that playing against Tampa, that's just that's a monumental task. It's not good enough though. That he might not be good enough, and um. You know, and and Dredger might not be either, to be honest. Um, he might not be, but they may have to make the switch to C. Yeah. They will, I think. I, I really if, think if, they will. If, if you're talking, okay. If and this will this will be, uh, I'm sure, a very popular opinion. If you're talking about a goaltender that cost his team a victory, I opt more for Bobrovsky than I do for um, Tristan Jari. I didn't it, feel that way no, about Bob. No, Mike. No, I felt no. that way about Jari, though. No, Jerry let in a lot of bad goals. But Broski, I, I, I mean, I, I thought the, the, the I thought the game winning goal to point was terrible. No, that's point on a breakaway. Like, what are you gonna? I mean, he's. I mean, Stop it's not the puck. best. How about goal. that? How, you're making ten million bucks. Stop the friggin' puck. Well, I will he's, say this: when a player's like, on the breakaway earlier in the game, I mean, yeah, but Ed, we, we do have to admit when the player's on the breakaway, the goalie does have the edge. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he does, and he opened up his legs. But point also point. The thing that pointed well on that breakaway, which is what not enough players do in shootouts, is point came in full speed and full speed. And that's a lot of speed. He's fast. Point's man. fast, and point makes little tiny quick moves with his stick handling. So it's like his like he makes the slightest move to open up his legs and put it back in there. That that was a really. I mean, yes, I I'm not saying that you know you don't want your goalie to make that save and if you're going to win a Stanley Cup your goalie's going to have to make those saves for sure at times but he did make saves on like three other breakaways in the game and it, it really you know the, the bottom line was that you know the things I saw and I don't I do think they they will change goalies I don't know if they'll do it for game two but I think they'll probably do it for game three if they lose It'll again probably be game three I, I tend to agree with you on that um you know because the other thing is that you know that you have to remember about Bob is that he does react well sometimes to being given votes of confidence when he necessarily shouldn't be. Um, this is something I've seen about him in his career. Like, and the best example I can say about that is is the series where you know Columbus takes out Tampa in four games. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Bob goes down three nothing in game in, in the first game, and they keep him in there, which was like to me was always like you know they kept him in. I think that they I think they'll they'll draw off that experience. You know that you know Zito obviously was there, and everybody knows it was you know there. But I think that they'll draw off that experience probably for one more game. I don't know if they if it was me, I wouldn't. But I think that they will. Um, I, I did. There was something that was really interesting in this game, though, that I did not take into account. Is that Tampa was giving up the puck a lot defensively? Like they made a lot of bad defensive clears. Like, and and it, it was created by Florida. I mean, Florida's Florida's forechecking was was amazing, and they were they're spitting. But man, they gave the puck away a lot. Like there were times when the puck was just aimlessly thrown through the middle by McDonough. McDonough had a bad game. I thought he was what? throwing. The, I thought he had a bad game. A I really. I really do. Me physically, did you see what he did to a former? I saw what he was doing. No, I'm not taking away from what he was. His hitting and all this stuff, he was but man, everybody. he was hitting everybody in place. I thought McDonald was their best defenseman. No, do we track? Can we track giveaways? I mean, I could. I mean, literally, like, is there a place that tracks giveaways? Because he must have had. 
Yeah, I'll look it up. Hold I'll on. Look it up. I mean, I, I, and you know, I know those things aren't always right, but I, I honestly saw three times where he, where he, where he basically just fed the point men of the Florida Panthers, like just with like, you know, and I don't know if those count as giveaways or not. I'm not sure what a giveaway is even in the NHL anymore, but you know, he, he, I mean, there were a lot of giveaways, um, a according, ton of according, according to the, uh, summary of the game, McDonough had one giveaway. No, you see, that's ridiculous, but Sergeant, I, mean, I, I don't giveaway is. had three giveaways. Yeah. Sergeant is very loose with the puck. The circuit chef, but no, and, and this was a general thing. And to me, this, this kind of echoed, um, the old Blackhawks team that was like, you know, that defensively, you know, they, th that was their, that was their problem that they would give the puck away sometimes just, you know, they didn't love that. They, the thing on the Blackhawks was always put the puck in deep because like Keith and Seabrook and those guys, they don't want to turn their backs. You know, they don't, they don't want to have to face the boards, bring the puck back out. You know, they, they don't want to turn their backs. They want to make plays and bring it straight out. But when, oh, when they turn their back, they're going to get hit and they're going to pass the puck away, and they're going to pass the puck up quickly. And they did. Probably because they were Rafi Torres was going to slam him head first into the wall. Yeah. Uh, even, even though I picked Tampa in seven, Florida's going to have a hard time getting it to seven because, as an example, without Barkley Boutrell, you had Ross Colton in there, who I talked about in, in the, our preview, and he almost scored a goal. Like he had a, a great. Nah, he shot. had a good. He, he was very physical. Had a really good game too. He's a really annoying <laughs> player in that game. I mean, they have they have so many good players. So many players. Yeah. Tampa's yeah. got so many good players, but so does Florida. I mean, Florida's yeah. got some players that are just crazy. Tampa had twelve giveaways in the game, and this is this. This shows how how many uh, Andre Vasilevsky had a giveaway. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen yeah. a goalie have a giveaway. You, I mean, there you go. There you're sort of seeing like maybe 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 I'm wrong. Maybe I just saw the couple times that McDonough did something like that. But you know, I just I was surprised from him because you know that's not he's not usually a giveaway machine at all. But I I felt like there were some things I definitely saw Sergachev's for sure. Hedman had a Hedman. Yeah, but Funky's right. If you're playing a number one or number two defensive role. And you're playing 20, 25 minutes in the playoffs. You're going to have giveaways. And I just, I just as you a, are. Well, the main giveaways that matter, though, for defensemen are in their own zone. You know, when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to get the puck out of your zone. That like inability to clear the puck. I wish there was a statistic on that because that's where that's just, where I saw the that's where the Florida Panthers had a big 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 edge. Just because it's so glaring, I just have to mention this. You know, you look at the hits in the game, and there, you know, uh, Sorelli had six hits. Uh, Noel Achari had six hits. Redco Gudis, 11 hits. No, he's crazy. He's he's just nuts. Yeah, but again, that's home cooking. Yes. It is, but he is nuts. And, you know, and, and, and it, I saw it some really good hits from Racco, but that's home cooking, man. It didn't right. even seem like a, a big hitting game for Gudis in terms of what I've seen in the past. No, like, I mean, listen, if he wants to put a hip check or something on, yeah, you, like, it would be, we'd be rewinding that and watching it again. I mean, no, the problem I, with all of that and the problem with Florida playing the way they're playing, which is very aggressive and very is that if the lightning power play is going to be this deadly, um, that's going to affect the way the Panthers have to play eventually. Yeah, and, of course. You know, so to me, like if I was to change, if I was to change a pick, I would, this would be, I would be like, yeah, this is probably going to be more Tampa because, because just seeing Kucherov at his best again, you know, on, and seeing what he does to the power play, like the the game winning goal. Stamkos looked great yeah. too. He was controlling the puck in the yeah. corner, no problem. Oh yeah, no. Stamkos looked great too. Obviously, they've been healthy for months, but um, you know, they just it's just they the fact that they could easily control, you know, easily that you know having point Kucherov yeah, Stamkos up front is having on the back. It's just ridiculous. And by the way, Eck, that uh, that game winning goal, the the Braden Point uh, uh, breakaway, yeah, no one no passing the puck. No, I didn't see it. Ryan McDonough. 
Ryan McDonough. Okay, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm, again, I'm not trying to sit there and say he was terrible. But honestly, I was noticing. If you watch the third period of that game again, you'll see it. Like there are there are glaring. Like there's one time he rolls the puck up the boards like so so slowly that a that a player that was changing on the Panthers has a chance to run in, has a chance to skate all the way in from from his bench. You know, like it was kind of crazy. Like there was a t- there was just not. He's like anybody else. He's prone to making some mistakes. But my God. Not I thought he had clear. a really solid game. I actually felt like he was a leader and set the tone. That's what mm-hmm. I felt like. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not I'm just. I maybe. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just. I just noticed it. Um, no, I think I, you noticed some things. I, I'm not going to say you're wrong because those probably those probably there were like Mike pointed out. There's there was a lot of giveaways and probably for whatever reason, whenever they were happening, when I was seeing them, it was like Hamsam McDonald was tied into it. Um, you know, that's you know, but there was a lot of. I mean, the Panthers just the thing that they have. If you're going to beat them. By the way, this year when you beat the Pan- when teams beat the Panthers, they beat them like they beat them last night. They beat yeah. them late because the Panthers are have been a very good team at coming back. And if the Panthers had another couple minutes in that game, it would be interesting to see what it would have happened because obviously by beating them late, the Panthers almost that that play at the very end where he almost Horn- that was unbelievable. Hornquist. Hornquist almost almost tied yeah. the game late, which was incredible. Hornquist that shot that Hornquist that was there was no way if he hit the net that that you know that Vasilevsky saves that. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard shot for him to, to have any accuracy with because it's like a desperation. But he just, it was like such a cannon, and 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 such a at such a fast speed that Hornquist just that was impressive. Hornquist was impressive again, you know, like as he always is. But I've, and obviously, you know, I mean, what can you say about Huberto? He was just amazing. He's off the charts. Yeah, Barkov, those guys. I mean, they they really. Yeah, Barkley Grunchard didn't even play. Like he was hurt. Yeah, no, they have such talent on that. On they got a lot of guys, man. It's just nuts. It is nuts. Um, so so looking now, where what time is it now? We, we got five five six minutes. Yeah, let's do five minutes here. Um, so yeah, so looking into tonight's games, then you know, and and taking into account what we've seen, like a little Vancouver, bit. No, nothing on the Vancouver game. Nothing. No, no, no. I'm good with it. Okay. <laughs> um. Looking at what we've seen tonight, going into tonight, you know, I, I again, I'm going, still going with Carolina, but I am really calling this series a lot closer than I thought it was, based on the fact that what, what we've seen so far about how these teams playing each other so often have really have something on each other. And you know, this is, I still think Carolina is going to win this series, but I think it's going to be closer than you know. Well, here, here's here's the issue, okay? And I've I've watched a lot of Nedeljkovic. I've seen him in juniors. I've seen him for the U.S. team. I saw him in an outdoor game in Detroit. Um, when they were playing during the Winter Classic, they played this one at Comerica, and I watched them there. I like the guy's mental makeup. I like a lot of what he does, but this is a whole different thing that he's ever played in, and yeah. he's not the biggest goalie, so yeah. there is that option to go high. And he's very athletic, but I'm telling you, and I this is the issue, okay? We see that both goalies, even Reimer to some degree, had good numbers with with Carolina, and that's because they could play a lockdown D, right? Right. But if they slip up even just a little bit on defense with Ned Yelkovic in there, that could be a problem. And I'm not saying it wouldn't be a problem for Morazic. I think it might be a problem for any of their goalies because they really are a team that's living off of that defensive system yeah. more than their goaltending. That's the worry you have. So that's the de- – Ned is exactly their starter, right? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, he's starting, yeah. Well, they – they're still they're still sort of couching it and still uh, right. uh, unless uh, Brendan Moore has come out in the last few minutes. Uh, NHL.com had his, had him as the starter, so yeah. I mean, they're it, not prone to hyperbole there. They're not allowed. They they, they they were the report was this is they might start. Yeah, yeah, he's starting. Mm. 
Yeah, no, and I actually, I mean, of all the goalies, though, I think you might as well. I mean, I think, I think, I think I would rather go with him. I, I he's Me your goalie. Personally, I actually would start Morazic to see what he can do. I don't think it's a great thing to start a first-year goalie right off in game one in the playoffs because if you're prone to screw-ups as a goalie, as a young goalie, you're going to do it then. Whereas even a Morazic yeah. may be able to settle into a game early and then just kind of screw it up as it goes on. But I think, but I, but it's hard for a young goalie to sort of settle into a big game like this. It can be for sure. You know, the question is like we've said. I mean, with with Brendan Moore's a great matching matching coach, and that that'll be big. I mean, to me, this all comes down to like, are, is Ryan Johansson and Steve and Steve are they going to show up? Are Duchesne and Johansson going to show up? You know, if all they. All I know is, I'm shooting high all night long, and I'm also going to get. Yeah. I'm going to try and spread out their defense. I'm going to this way because I know they're going to have that log yeah. jam in front of the net, and I am going to try and score those impossible angle goals. And I'm going to keep shooting them on the young goalie and hope yeah. that you know Nedeljkovic lets up one or two of those. That's what you have to do: shoot it off his back. You do things that veterans do. Nashville has veterans, so they no, could- the Predators are very good at that. Um, and they and and this is another thing I liked about the Panthers game is they just put it on net all the time. It, everything. I mean, the Panthers out were the leading shooting team like took more shots than anybody else this year by quite a good margin they just throw the puck on net all the time the panthers yeah. and, the, and the predators do the same thing they they also when they're at their best you know skilled or not skilled just throw the puck on net you know no, um mike and i did vote on the masterton um i have no problem revealing my votes on the show i didn't do it online um okay but i did vote for oscar Lindblom for the number one uh i went with colin blackwell the rangers for number two because i really did feel like he this guy's been kicking around a long time, and that is what the award's supposed to be about, too, besides coming back if you're injured or playing, if you you know, you know have a disease yeah. or something. It's all a part of it. Someday they may tighten up the, uh, the the qualifications, but until then. And I put Danny DeKaiser third because I know how bad this guy's back was, and he really tried to play. He wasn't a guy that really wanted to be out of action. So those were the three I had. Yeah, I, I also went with Lynn Blom, uh, number one. Uh, number two, I went with Jack Campbell because Campbell's like uh, uh, like the second, uh, like Blackwell. Like Blackwell had kicked around a long time. The ECHL, AHL, then he got his chance with LA, then gets traded to Toronto, and now he's on the verge of being the number one going into the playoffs. It sounds like yeah. you know, they guarantee he's going to start game one and Probably more than that. Yeah. And third, I third, I selected Patrick Marlowe uh, for because you know I don't know whether he's going to qualify for any other award, and I think he should you know, should be rewarded for the the, the long and great career that uh, he yeah, has had. Good picks. Those are good picks overall. I agree. I mean, you can't. I, There's I a lot of guys that are worthy of it. The one thing I think it's funny. Um, one time, and I've had a few players tell me this, but but Jean Rattel of all players was so happy about winning that award. And this is a very decorated guy. He's won Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah. He's won scoring titles. And he talked about the Masterton with me without me prompting him. So that it does show that sometimes some of these awards really do mean a lot more to the players than even, you know, the fans. Oh yeah. Well I think that that award particularly does. You know, I mean the players and the players who've gone through that are appreciative of things that have happened in their world. You know, like I think that's what it is. It's they're sort of like like Rattel came back from a broken leg, right? Yeah, so like, I think yeah. It was sort of like, hey, they noticed that, you know. Yeah, you appreciate things more when you have when you've had to go through something like that. You know, you just yeah. appreciate stuff more. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Um, take it easy, folks. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Enjoy tonight's game. I almost voted for Zach Dalby. Sorry. There you go. That's a good one. Enjoy tonight's games. We'll be staying up late, I have a feeling. Talk to you soon. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.